Hi, thanks for joining Grief and Frozen Lasagnas every first and third Thursdays. I'm your host, Veronica Day. This podcast is devoted to talking openly about grief and how to help someone who's grieving. We're not licensed professionals nor grief experts. We're just real people with real stories regarding grief, all types of grief. Sometimes it will be sad, sometimes it might make you laugh, but whatever the case, we strive to be honest and real. Welcome back. Well, Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and instead of dedicating an episode to all romantical, lovey-dovey stuff, I thought I would host one for breakups. This is also kind of an episode about maybe a different kind of love story, the kind where you get to fall in love with yourself again. Let's face it, breakups suck. Divorce sucks. We go into a new relationship so hopeful and full of excitement. I don't think I've ever met someone who went into a new relationship thinking, well, this is going to tank. But when a relationship ends, we grieve. Sometimes I think that type of grief gets forgotten because it didn't involve a physical death. And like I've said before, everyone's grief is different, even if it's in the same category of loss. No two people grieve exactly the same way. So we've all heard about the five stages of grief, right? Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. I know that might be considered a bit outdated now, and it's certainly not linear. Duh. But these emotions can be true in divorce and breakups. I've been divorced, widowed, married, and had my fair share of breakups, including a failed engagement. Breakups are a big issue. I mean, whole movies are made about this topic. Some of my favorite big breakup movies are... Wait, that that makes me sound like a weirdo, right? That I have favorite breakup movies? Oh, well, never mind. You get the point. Under the Tuscan Sun... High Fidelity, He's Just Not That Into You, and Marriage Story. Something that each of these films have in common are that the main characters are forced to not only work through their breakup grief, but also take a look at themselves. I mean, really look. It's not always easy to see ourselves. But here's the thing. We can choose to learn and become better versions of ourselves. We can't do anything about our exes but we can do something about ourselves. I know that I've been guilty of putting all the blame on my ex and carrying around my unresolved issues into the next relationship. Was it right? Was it fair? No, but I've gotten better. When you're in that new relationship, everything is all sunshine and rainbows. And then when it hits a rough patch, sometimes we tend to only see the negative. The real story is probably somewhere in the middle. We grieve a relationship because we had a close connection, a bond with another person that only the two of us will completely understand. I mentioned in a previous episode that love and grief sometimes go hand in hand. We grieve because we loved. Now, it may not always stay love, but it was probably there in the beginning. It's easy to get swept up and influenced by our friends and family. But like the old saying goes, no one really knows what goes on behind closed doors. When I asked my friends if anyone was willing to share their grief regarding breakup, I was floored at the number of people willing to open up. And we're not here to trash an ex. 
but rather how we experienced the grief and what helped us. As I was editing this episode, I realized that this is such a huge topic that we were not going to be able to cover everyone's backstory. Side note, I need to remember that as a new podcaster, committing to eight guest interviews for one 30-minute episode is, um, let's say, a bit ambitious. So this is part one of two for this month. I was grateful that they all trusted me with their experiences, but due to time and respect for personal privacy, we'll stick to the grief and the healing part. Join us as we get to hear some of their conversations. Do you feel like you went through some of the common stages of grief? I, I definitely went through all five. Um, it's, it's weird looking back at it because I went through all five with the loss of my father as well. And, uh, it's, it's funny how breakup grief can mimic just, I mean, can be the same, not mimic, but be the same as any other kind of grief. Absolutely. I did. I felt every one of these where I was angry. I felt in denial. Uh, I was depressed. Uh, my particular situation, my first husband, um, and I just want to say it was no fault of anybody, but he left me for a man. And at first there was a lot of denial. In fact, he even had some denial because he came out, told me he was gay. Um, I didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do. We stayed together another six months. (laughs) Um, because he was my best friend. I mean, we were very, very close. He was my best friend in the whole world. And that's, you know, it's, it's, again, it was one of those, it's nobody's fault. But then when we broke up, I was angry. I felt like, you know, he could have told me the truth. I felt like he lied to me. Um, why didn't he just tell me from the start? Cause we were that good of friends, but you know, uh, he didn't feel like he could. So I get that. I, um, I was angry mostly at myself, uh, for just kind of being stupid, uh, being naive. Uh, and because I was angry at myself, I ended up in basically in the aftermath, punishing myself. Uh, I stayed in, I ordered like full, like 18 inch pizzas and ate them all in one night. I ballooned up to like 300 pounds. Um, I punished myself whether I realized I was doing it or not. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's, you could, I could convince myself that I was angry at her. And I think it's natural for people to try to then like place that blame on somebody else. But in that situation, I, I, you know, I knew I had no one to blame, but, but myself. And that, that was a challenge, you know, for, for me, I think it's still something I struggle with. I'm still not sure there was complete forgiveness. There's that that's been achieved. Uh, I'm still social with this person, but, um, but I, I, I try to do better. Like I, I can't, I can't focus so much on the past and the mistakes I've made in the past and things that I wish I had done differently. Uh, I can try to learn from it. <laughs> and I have with various levels of success, um, you know, but I, I do think that I worked through enough of the stages to put myself in a better place now and be a better partner now. Uh, it, it helped me to learn how to earn the trust of my partner and 
and make sure that there's a, an understanding and a, a truthfulness all around. And I think that's honestly, for me, it was just to find a place of truth. Well, I don't think I went through all the stages of grief. I, at, I was attending church at the time and they were having a, both a grief and a divorce workshop, like a six week thing or something. And, um, and this was a divorce and, um, I went to the divorce workshop and I found, you know, a thing or two there that helped me through it. Um, but I don't think I went through all the stages. I, I, I don't think I went through denial. I don't think I went through bargaining definitely went through anger <laughs> I was really angry um I own my part of the situation that brought us to divorce um it was nobody's fault it was both our faults but I never wanted to get divorced it was not my decision and so it felt I'm 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 really a control freak and, and to have something feel so out of my control um, was very difficult for me. And, and um, him moving out, and I, I do prefer not to say his name, but, uh, you know, he's my husband. So um, him moving out happened during the holiday season. It's really weird because uh, uh, you know, he, he was there one night at the house, uh, packing some things and, and we would pass each other in the hall and it was this sort of a weird sliding by each other, or he would say my name, but he never says my name. He calls me sweetie. No, it, it may be just that I haven't really thought of it in terms of I'm experiencing denial. Um, but with both of my divorces, I asked for the divorce. And it really wasn't even until about something like a year and a half ago that I realized um, after a lot of therapy uh, that nobody has ever broken up with me. And that's not because I'm special. It's, well, maybe. But, um, but it's because I've always asked for the the separation, whether it's, you know, uh, just somebody I'm dating or somebody I'm married to, I've always been the initiator on it. And it, it really struck me as very weird. Um, because I am not okay. You guys, I'm not easy to be around. I'm not, no, you're not, not at all. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Joe. <laughs> um, but it, but it struck me that somebody at some point should have broken up with me and, nobody ever did. And I really, really had to take a hard look at that. Cause that ain't, that ain't normal. Um, no, maybe you just got to it first. Um, <laughs> you just well, that's why we've asked you to be time. here, Fran. Uh, we're all <laughs> going, <you>. no. <laughs> Fran, we, we need, Fran, we need to talk. <laughs> this is an intervention. I get it. Surprise. <laughs> I do see things ending before they end. And I, um, I don't have much tolerance for it. Um, 
the, you know, so at some point I had read something like, you know, anybody can get divorced once, but if you get divorced twice, you probably ought to like really work on yourself. And I was like, well, okay, whatever, but I'm going to, I'm going to drink a lot and party a lot before I do that. And I did for sure, because that quelled the anger and the, um, and the depression. I wasn't treating it. My, I, my first divorce, I didn't treat with alcohol the way I treated my second divorce. And, um, the depression with the first one was, it was heavy. Um, but it was a much shorter marriage. It didn't last as long. Uh, I wasn't drinking it away. Not that I wasn't drinking, but not, not nearly. <laughs> well, now I go to meetings. So, um, <laughs> but it, um, the, de the depression in the first one really sort of, uh, it just was a lot less than it was in the second one. And the second one I put off for as long as I could uh, before dealing with it. Um, I don't know that I went through bargaining. Like, I, I guess if bargaining is like, if the end goal of a bargain is to reunite, it's not that I didn't play that out in my head. It just wasn't, uh, you know, a realistic outcome in my head. So I just didn't spend much time on it. Let's talk about what your grief looks like now or what your grief looked like then. I don't think I have to say to anybody who's ever been divorced that it was, it was the most painful experience I think I've ever gone through. But the joy and the love that I have for my husband and the fact that we came back together and, you know, there's that sort of old saw that if you break a bone and it heals, that it's stronger where it was broken. Um, and I feel that we broke our relationship together and, and we chose to heal it together. People would say to me all the time, like, well, you know, this isn't your fault. There's nothing you could do, but that didn't make it better. It still hurts so bad. I think bargaining also, it doesn't necessarily have to mean like reuniting. I think bargaining is trying to get to your goal in the breakup in the easiest way possible. I think it's like, grabbing so, control, getting well, trying to get your control back. Yeah. Yeah, but like say if your goal is to is to break up, well, here's some things we could do to make it easier. So how about like, you know, you can have the dogs every Saturday and like, you know, the, like even that, like if you're looking at it from a literal point of view, you know, just trying to kind of like get what you want with the least amount of conflict. Uh, do you know how mad it makes me now when he tells a little joke to his fiance that I think is hilarious and I got to quell my laughter? And <laughs> Uh, that look because we're talking about grief that's my joke why are you telling it to her she's a lovely person she's really wonderful please don't misunderstand me but but it's these it's these lingering like that's mine why do you have it and that's where the grief is for me over the marriage there's all the brokenness that I had that I've worked on that you know the the, the stuff with my mom the stuff where I'm just kind of difficult but you know the 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 core of my grief is the loss of that relationship, it's changed, it's good, 
but it's not what it could have been. What advice would you give or what would you say that you've learned? My experience with my first divorce, I, I just was so young. I was so young and so heartbroken. And I think because the situation was uh, what it was that there was nothing to be done. There was, I mean, there was no, he, he, I couldn't change him and I couldn't do anything to better myself. So there's nothing that could be done, but I just took it so hard. And then because I didn't really get to that end grief stage, I uh, just looked for the complete 100% opposite of what I could find from my first marriage. And I ended up in an abusive marriage my second time. And I don't want to talk about it, but it, I ended up uh, seeking a counselor after that marriage. And that is what made me look at myself, made me look at the kind of men I gravitate to. There was just a lot that therapy taught me. And if I hadn't gone through with what I did with both marriages, I wouldn't have what I have now. And I have a wonderful relationship with my husband. Uh, we're, we're best friends. We're very, uh, we, we tr we're truthful with each other. We understand each other. We communicate well. I mean, it, I owe all of that to what I went through and the therapy I went through. I think therapy, it may not be for everyone, but I do, I do think for me, it was huge to um, really look because in the first several months to a year, I wasn't ready to acknowledge the facts. And it took many relationships after that for me to screw it up, learn, screw it up, learn. But I think therapy definitely that helped get me on the be more honest with myself. And I think if we're going to try to like have any kind of takeaway here, I think helping yourself and acknowledging it and not letting some stigma get in the way or like, oh, I'm going to be divorced twice or I'm going to be divorced three times or whatever, but doing what's best for you. Thank you guys for just being honest and kind of sharing what some of the stuff you went through. I mean, we're not going to, you know, solve anything tonight. We're not going to. Get world peace. Oh, I think we did. I think we solved it. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay, we did. Okay, great. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, so I agree. You... Okay, great. This is, this is exactly what this podcast is deep to do. I just wanted to be, you know, talking about these things. It's nice to know that you're not alone when you're in pain. And I think that's what people ultimately try to do. It's just, unfortunately, the words are misguided. And it can, if said at the wrong time, like when I lost my mom, uh, I had somebody come up to me and they're like, I lost my mother. I know what you're going through. And I'm like, no, you don't. You don't know the history I have with my mom. You don't know the unresolved anger and pain that we had between us. Ultimately, we were in a place of love when she passed, but you don't know that. And so you can understand what I'm going through. I think with the the, the differences and what people have gone through, you know, you're really opening up your podcast to, you know, reaching more and more people. I think that's important. I'm glad you mentioned that. Breaking up is hard. Losing a partner to death is hard. 
I hope people understand that we're not trying to compare the two. Thanks for listening to this episode. Check us out next time, February 16th, as we host part two of Breakup Grief. Who knows, I might even share some of my own sad yet hilarious moments in breaking up. Grief and Frozen Lasagnas is a Patronica production. It's written and hosted by Veronica Day. Music and sound design by Patrick Gary and the musical talents of the Sideshow Symphony. To hear this and other music by the Sideshow Symphony, go to www.sideshowsymphony.com or find them on Apple Music or the streaming service of your choice. If you liked what you heard or know anyone who might like this, please help us spread the news by sharing it. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please rate and review to let other people know about us. It really does help. If you'd like to be part of the show, see photos, or you'd like to find and listen to our other episodes, please visit us at griefandfrozenlasagnas.com. Thanks for listening today and hopefully in the future. Take care of yourself and be kind. Yeah, you know what? Put this part right here on the podcast. We should all be invited to fold in Hannah's wedding. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, did I cut you? I never mind. I'm talking. <laughs> Time out. Let me mansplain some stuff to you. <laughs> no. And Joe is permanently muted. I'm kidding. <laughs>